weird. They didn't want to tell anyone yet, because this object was too weird to be believed. It was in the wrong place. No. Weird. Australia.
New Weird Australia on FBI 94.5 and Stu Buchanan with you. And that one there we heard was from Textile Audio and a track from her called Some Kind of Mininova. And uh, playing that ahead of uh, a chat that we're about to have with Textile Audio because uh, Eve Klein, a.k.a. Textile Audio, joins us in the studio tonight. And um, Eve is uh, not your usual artist that um, you may have heard on New Year Australia before. And uh, all will become clear very soon. I'm not going to give the game away because um, Eve is actually going to um, perform a track for us uh, right now and uh, the track we're going to hear is called of him and uh, once uh, we've heard that uh, eve is going to have a bit of a chat with us so um without further ado textile audio on new Wear australia Jeez. 
Well, there we have it. That's textile audio and a track from her called Of Him, Eve. Welcome to the studio. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here. Now, um, for uh, for those of them, uh, for those of us who are listening to that thinking, wow, um, a bit of context, you are a um, mezzo-soprano opera singer. Yes, that's right. So I tend to... In opera, we have sort of genres of voices, if you like. So the sopranos play all the princesses and the heroines, and I get to play the the boys, the witches, <laughs> and the uh, prostitutes or women of morally questionable character. And you enjoy that? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I mean, was that uh, obviously that's to do with um, the voice that you were born with, in in that sense, or is that uh, is that partially a decision that you can make yourself? I mean, how is that? Not really. It's the voice you're born with. Yeah. Um, it's the sort of dark, rich timbre of the mezzo, unlike the sort of bright, princessy bell tones of the soprano. So the darker voice seems to imply a darker sort of moral context, I guess. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so when, uh, at what point, um, I mean, were, were you running around in, you know, little kind of pink booties when you realised you could sing? At, at what point was that voice that we've heard there um you know became apparent to you that you had something a little different and perhaps a little special um i never really had music lessons or any musical background as a as a child i got to university to study film and ended up becoming obsessed with music production and music technology so ended up with an arts degree majoring in music all of the tech things were sort of my bag and then went oh, God, I've got a music degree and I don't play an instrument. I think I better start learning how to sing. Um, And I went to my first voice teacher. And even though I had this thread, reedy little, really, really crappy voice, (laughs) (laughs) um, the teacher just sort of looked me up and down and said, well, honey, I don't think you're going to be a folk singer. (laughs) And it sort of was apparent to him, even if it wasn't apparent to me, that opera was a little bit of my path. And so, how many years ago was that? I mean, what, how, how recent are we talking? Ah, uh, seven years ago. So you'd gone through your entire life until that point, not realizing that um, you had that particular yeah, no. gift, if you like. No, I was the only experience I had with singing at school was I was put in the girls' selective choir at a private Catholic institution and very promptly kicked out because <laughs> I couldn't sight read music so right, right. okay yeah um, and um, so obviously kind of having that discovery you know that that you had something um, to give in that respect was it obvious then that opera was the way to go I mean was that you know I mean if someone turns around and says by the way you've got a great voice for opera I mean the next thing you do is not go great where do I sign I mean do you, did you was that a surprise to you I mean how did you reconcile that or were you quite happy I didn't really know what opera was when I started to learn to sing mm. I was much more interested in um, folk electronic or hip-hop and it's been a gradual discovery mm. for me I wasn't raised on opera I think the closest we got at home was Andrew Lloyd Webber, which <laughs> is a very long way yeah. away, really. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, no, the opera was a gradual thing. And through prodding and some very, very gifted teachers who went, here, I think you might like this. I think you might like this. And so even though my ears are very open in the electronica kind of world, yeah. actually the classical world, it took some prodding. Because it isn't a natural, you know, if if that's the sort of music you've been, you know, you've been listening to electronica and and you know, um, hip hop and so on, it isn't 
an obvious step to appreciate that straight off you know um was were there particular um uh kind of particular operas or or writers that you were more kind of magnetized towards initially or is it um more broad than that i think it's more broad than that i mean i do love contemporary classical music and things like our part so you know that beautiful rich Mm. choral sound so there's quite a strong vocal driving there um but most singers sort of just get given repertoire that suits their voices and so you you fall in love with the music that you work on very closely because you work on arias for months and months to get them right right so um, you tend to become intimately involved with the kinds of opera that suits your voice Hmm. and um was it then um given the kind of music that you enjoyed previous to that and um the sort of stuff you're listening to it was an obvious step to say i'm going to take what i'm now very good at which is you know being a mezzo soprano um but marry that with the kind of music that i like which is more kind of experimental and, and electronic was that quite a kind of early realization yeah pretty much early on i was a better producer than i was a singer to begin with right um, i find that hard to believe actually. yeah no 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 <laughs> actually it's very true i've got a tape of my first singing lesson which i can pull out as evidence <laughs> love in the box set somewhere. yeah that's right um but no for me it was natural because um particularly the ambient electronic glitch um japanese tradition stuff off the plot label that kind yeah, of thing right. just really resonates with me and i was sort of starting to produce music like that and the natural step is to weave in your own voice if you're a singer and because i was just going more and more in the direction of opera it was a very natural progression mm-hmm. Well, look, we're we're kind of um, in in talking about um, in talking about your kind of backstory. We're sort of at the start of textile audio, um, but we're going to take a break and actually jump to um, the most recent uh, part of textile audio, which is actually um, am, am I right in saying your first first time you've been remixed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, because um, you've got um, Sydney producer Gentle Force mm. uh, Eli Murray. Um, uh, whose uh, whose most recent album uh, Sacred Spaces is a beautiful piece of uh, very understated uh, electronica. Um, who's come to uh, remix your track Demeanor's Lament? Mm. Um, what did you think when you heard the mix? Was he what you expected? Or? It was kind of surprising. I mean, I've just I've recently got Eli's album Sacred Spaces, and I love it. Mm. It takes you to another place. It's a very still work in a way. Mm. Um, he just sort of carries you through it. And he did the same thing for that track, but it was still a surprise. You know, it, stylistically it was kind of similar to yeah. his album. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, having someone else just sort of rebirth your baby in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's a nice picture. <laughs> um, and it, it was a surprise in a really good way because yeah, right. it's a perspective that I could never have brought to the track. Yeah, yeah, well, you're both, uh, we'll talk about this later, but you're both playing this Saturday, and that's part of the reason why we have you in today. Um, but let's hear that now. This is um, Demeanor's Lament, Gentle Force's Hope for Persephone remix. I'll ask you about that in a minute. This is Textile Audio on Newer Australia. Thank you. 
That's Textile Audio on New World Australia on FBI and uh, a track called Demeanor's Lament, remixed by Sydney producer General Force. And we're joined by Eve Klein, a.k.a. Textile Audio, uh, in the studio there. Beautiful stuff um, as uh, as part of that remix of uh, Demeanor's Lament from General Force. Um, now, uh, you, uh, you, you started recording music um, in, in the guise of Textile Audio, what? six years ago or so I mean, what's your yeah probably the first releases were back in 2006 mm. but some of the songs were written well before then and um you've you've had a couple of tracks released then but it's only it's only now that you're i guess working on um what I, I, i'm loath to call but uh, it feels like a, a magnum opus that <laughs> you, you've, you've been working on and putting together um you've been as, as part of a as part of a degree it's been it's essentially mm. a, a degree project right yeah that's right um so i've been writing very slowly i might say um a post-classical ambient electronica opera that's a mouthful. Post-classical ambient electronic opera. Okay, but cool. basically a big genre mashup, <laughs> which is kind of electronic and with an operatic structure, so operatic vocals and a narrative that runs the whole way through the piece. So, talk to us about the narrative then. What's it, what's this story there? It's um, the story of the rape of Persephone, the ancient Greek myth, and I'm drawing from Greek myth because opera was originally written around as a re- rebirth sort of a, of ancient Greek theatre. And so the sort of reference point is really good, but I actually want to have a contemporary discussion about how women heal from violence. So it seemed like a really topical, mm. interesting story to draw from. Um, and uh, the title, mm. the pomegranate, cycle is that a working title actual title no that's actual title um now you'll have to pardon my ignorance because i don't really know my greek myths terribly well um how does the pomegranate feature well the story roughly goes a girl child core she's the daughter of zeus king of the gods and demeter queen of the gods um and demeter is responsible for fertility and bringing things to birth Kor is picking flowers in a field and she's stolen away into the underworld by Hades. Um, And the story is that he makes her his wife, so all of the implied things around that, and it's highly sort of sexualised, but it's mythology for the seasons. And while she's in Hades, the underworld, her mother, Demeter, is searching the earth looking for her and the story gets quite complicated, so I won't go into it here, as all Greek myths do. Yes, of course. Um, but essentially, Demeter stops forming her function as allowing things to grow and things to be fertile and for the seasons to change. Right. Um, Persephone is in the underworld, and as everything's going to hell on Earth, Zeus finally comes to Demeter and says, look, woman, you've got to stop. And she says, I won't, because... I want my daughter back. And Zeus says, well, okay, fine, you can have her back, provided she hasn't eaten anything in the underworld. And there's a lot around food and what it symbolises in the underworld. But as Persephone, as she now is, Cora's become Persephone, the woman, she um, is given pomegranate seeds by Hades, who wants to keep her as his bride. And there's different numbers, but obviously seeds are a highly sexual representation um fertility life 
and pomegranates being this rich symbol and a fruit of the gods in a mm. lot of mythology as well. Um, and he slips pomegranate seeds onto her tongue as she's leaving. And so when she gets back to Earth, um, Zeus basically says, well, you can't be back here all the time. You're going to have to go back to the underworld as a debt to recognise that you've actually eaten the pomegranate seed, so you are now tied to the underworld. So she goes back to the underworld, depending on where you are in the myth, mm. the version of the myth, it's either for three or six months, but essentially it's when she goes back into the underworld, it becomes winter again and the cycles continue, uh, and when she comes out, she brings spring. Interesting. Okay. And um, over the course of, um, I mean... Uh, how long in terms of uh, the piece you'd be working on? I mean, how how it seems like it could be quite a lengthy tale. How what sort of running time are you are you working with at the moment? About sixty five minutes. Okay, well that's not too bad. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty. It's been condensed because I'm using spoken word instead of the right. operatic thing of singing everything very, very, very slowly. Yeah. So where, where there is essential text, it's spoken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, now, uh, so you. That's uh, that's in progress, and um, but uh, there's an EP dropping uh, very soon uh, on Feral Media that includes uh, some of the tracks we've heard tonight, and also includes um, the General Force remix. But ahead of that, um, we've got a couple of chances to see you live. Yeah. Um, uh, the first of which is uh, this Saturday at uh, Carriage Works. Yeah, Winterland. It's part of Winterland. There's ice skating, there's markets, there's uh, there's you, there's General Force, there's Vorad Phils, uh, John Hassel from CK and his live solo guys, uh, Aphex Gym and uh, Underlapper DJs. Oh, um, wow. Underlapper, quite a that's cool. <laughs> and it's all free and uh, it starts at 6 and runs till about 10.30. Um, the whole Winterland actually runs all day, but the music component starts at 6. Um, so what can we expect from you in that live stage? Well, I want to do a few songs from the EP, but I've also been working on a cover or two that are a little out of the box. Um, I don't know whether I should spill the beans or not. <laughs> well, if you're working, are you going to do two covers? Oh, probably just maybe one, maybe right. two. We'll see how we go. How about you tell us the one that you might not do? Uh, well, <laughs> the one that I I might not do, it's a courage thing, really. The, uh, right. Cal okay. I'm working on a cover of California Uberales, <laughs> an operatic cover. <laughs> right. It's probably what a not classic. ready to what air a classic. yet. I want to hear Dead Kennedys as, as opera. That is um, going to be... Well, I'm going to force you to do that. Well, think, right if, it's, now. If, it, no, if it's not done for Saturday, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely do it. I'm doing a gig on the 23rd of July at the Red Rattler. So. Well, indeed, that is the New World Australian Night um, that uh, we're putting on, and uh, Eve's very kindly agreed to join us uh, on the bill for that, along with Erasers from Perth and uh, a couple of acts out of Brisbane. We have uh, the very wonderful kind of doom stylings of Ambrose Chapel and uh, Anonymi, which uh, we'll hear from uh, in uh, a few moments' time uh, on the show. Um, but you're also yourself heading up to Brisbane as mm. well in September. Tell us about that. Yeah, I've well, the Pomegranate Cycle is in the Brisbane Festival as part of the Under, Under the Radar program. So they've given us this really dank, weird, interesting space at the back of Metro Arts. Um, it's actually literally a cage. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, nice nice representation for the underworld, I yeah, think. Yeah. So we're um, in this graffiti-filled, cage, weird, dark environment. We're going to do a full staging of the Pomegranate Cycle as an opera. 
and we're getting a dancer to share the three female characters with me, um, which will be obviously Core, Demeter and Persephone. Mm. Um, mm. So the three representations of the season. So, yeah, it's going to be quite intense. Our director is... Nell Yeo, who's a really wonderful opera director, but she's done some more experimental mm. things as well. So it's going to be pretty intense. Any chance that'll be performed at some point in Sydney after that, do you think? Or is just going to wait and see? Or? I'd love to. Someone give me a space <laughs> and actually pay me. <laughs> well, there you are. The offer's on the table, if you're listening, and have the space and the money. Uh, Eve will come and do the show for you. Um, great. Well, that's that's pretty exciting. Now, mm. where can we find you online? How do we how do we find you? Where are you? I'm most diligent at textileaudio.com. Great. I am occasionally less occasionally at the moment on Twitter and I neglect MySpace horribly because I really don't like it. <laughs> you, you and everybody else are reading an article the other week where they're actually comparing some of the world's most popular music artists and they did a, like a flowchart of um, the last time that they had updated their MySpace profile. And, um, you know, so even the world's most popular who uh, require the internet, you know, who live off the internet, feel mm. off the internet, they are deserting it too. It's such it's it's a tragedy. Anyway, there we are. Um, maybe that'll perform an opera one day. You know, the birth <laughs> the birth and death of MySpace. Um, I'm wittering now. Um, so uh, okay, now we can't um, we can't let you depart without um, hearing something else from you. And this one um, is uh, is uh, is a longer piece, um, which goes by the name of uh, Narcissus Bloom and the rape of the pomegranate am I right mm, that's right great okay well thanks very much Eve for coming in tonight oh thanks for having me and uh, look forward to uh, the various shows that you have on in the coming weeks and um, to see how this uh, wonderful sound translates live as well It'll be fascinating stuff oh thanks look forward to it Thanks. And come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Now, uh, so that's uh, this Saturday, as I say, at uh, Carriage Works. Um, and uh, Eve joined by uh, all those other great artists as well. But now, uh, Textile Audio live in the studio and uh, a track from her, which goes by the name of Narcissus Bloom and the Rape of the Pomegranate.
Why don't you take your glasses off so we can see you? And then apologise to your neighbours for frightening no, them. No, 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 no. I'll leave these on. No, I like them. No. Weird. Australia.